Hello and welcome to The Brillier Project, a podcast where we shed light on people who let their light shine bright. My name is Nico Belasco and I will be your host, taking you on this journey of light and inspiration as I embark on this new exciting venture of mine. For this episode, we have a writer, editor, host, motivational speaker, digital creator, and former model. Mirza Sison is a woman who wears many hats, and in all that she does, she continuously serves as an inspiration to women and men alike to pursue their passions and take on their dreams despite the obstacles that stand in their way. She is highly recognized for her time in the industry as one of the most sought after models and her time in media as the former editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan, Mary Claire, FemaleNetwork.com, and Spot.ph. She is also the former editorial director of Summit Media. Now, despite the many hats that she wears, she continues to serve as an inspiration to me and many, and I'm so happy to have her on the show with me today. So without further ado, let's all welcome the amazing Mirza Sisan. Hi, Mirza. Hello. Hi, Nico. Wow. Thank you for that intro. I'm so flattered. <laughs> well, like I always say, you are someone that I look up to a lot in the industry for all that you've done. Um, and I just think it's remarkable. And I'm so excited, you know, to be here with you today on this podcast. So thank you. Thanks again. <laughs> so before we talk about where you are now, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, how you started out in the industry. So can you share with us? Right. So I guess you're pertaining to the modeling industry. Yes. So um, I actually did not start out as a model and came into modeling very late. I was a computer programmer for uh, a top accounting firm called SGVN Company. But uh, I was secretly harboring dreams of becoming a model. Uh, it's like, you know, those like stupid fantasies that you harbor in the back of your mind, but you don't ever think will actually come true because... In my mind, I was not model material. In my mind, because I did not get uh, childhood conditioning or praise about my looks and mostly just about, I guess, my mental capacity. Like people would always say, you're smart, you're doing so well in school, but nobody ever said you're so pretty or you're so cute. And I'm not faulting them because it turned out fine in the end, but I really never thought that I could. But uh, my dad owns a, a, a bookstore, bargain bookstore chain called Book Sale. And when I was a teenager, uh, he was just starting the company and we had access to all the magazines um, we could get our hands on. So I grew up looking through the pages of Vogue magazine and Glamour and Seventeen. And so that was my little world. And in my little fantasy world, I was a model. But it's just like a deep, dark secret that, you know, um, I thought nothing would ever come of it. But one day, wait, how much time do you have? This is a long story. <laughs> no, go for it. We have all the time in the so world. So one day, I think I, I said it out loud to an aunt of mine. I said, I think I want to be a model. And then she didn't laugh. I thought she would laugh and say, that's crazy. How could you be? But all she said was, okay, what's her plan? What's your strategy? How are you going to be a model? And, you know, that kind of uh, was an epiphany for me that she's saying that I possibly can. She said, well, you have the height because I have the bare minimum height, right? Which is 5'7". And that was that. And I'm, I'm sure she forgot about it. She flew to the States. So I was kind of like hoping and wishing and wondering what if I could. And so uh, I remember asking a friend who was working in a big department store, uh, do you think you can help me become a model? And the friend said, I don't think so. <laughs> Uh, and so that really dampened my spirits, like, okay, I guess I can't. But the dream wouldn't go away. It's like, you know, a dream that you want to shut up, but it won't go away. So I I did my research. And back then, there's no internet. You know, you can't go to the library and look for a book called How to Be a Model, right? So one day, I was watching TV, and there, were, there was a bunch of models, um, promoting a show. One of them was actually Desiree Verdadero, whom I think you are related to. <laughs> yeah. 
And she and a bunch of models were plugging a show on TV. And it was a show for a store called 22 BC. And I said, I know that place. Uh, what if I just plant mm -hmm. myself there? And if that's where models hang out, maybe I'll get discovered. <laughs> so I uh, lied at work and said I was going to visit a client. And I put on my best, like, wannabe model outfit. And I planted myself in the boutique hoping to get discovered. There's nobody there but the sales girls. And then two hours later, <laughs> the sales girls were like, can we help you? And I was like, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, oh gosh, I think I better leave. Nothing happened. And just as I was about to leave, in walks a model agent. <laughs> and he approached me and said, excuse me, are you a model? And my gosh, I had an answer, which I had prepared for two hours. And I said, no, but I'd like to be one. And he gave me his card. And I took the card, and that was the start of it. And I'm like, what are the odds, right? What if I left after one hour? <laughs> <laughs> so it's a good thing I stayed for two hours, even if I was annoying the sales girls, because I wasn't really buying anything. So I guess my point is, you really never know. If you have a crazy idea, just try. Because what, what do you have to lose, right? People will laugh. People will find you weird who cares the day will be over and then tomorrow's another day and you can salvage your reputation so that was the start of it i joined the modeling agency one thing led to another and then i became a model <laughs> eventually i quit my job i quit my uh, computer programming job which was um it did not make my parents very happy because they're upset they're like why did we send you to school you know uh, we had such high hopes for you, and computers are the wave of the future. Why Why are you going to pursue a career which involves nothing more than smiling and posing? Sayang naman your education, but I don't know what came over me, but I was so brave about saying, no, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to do it. And to them, I threw everything away, but to me, I was free. Maybe because I was... Uh, really conditioned to do well in school. And so they really pushed me to excel academically. I went, I was uh, done with grade school at 11. I entered high school at 11. I went to a science high school. I went to the Manila Science High School where it's really mm -hmm. tough to get in and even to stay in. Um, my parents chose my college course, which was statistics, a course that I did not have any interest in or... They said, you're good in math, take this up because this is the wave of the future. And I was only 14 when I entered college. So what did I know, right? So I thought they must know what they want. We must know better. Uh, I wanted to be a writer because I loved reading. I was writing ever since I was in uh, preschool. I was writing stories, writing my own books, making up my own magazines. And Usually, it's really a clue. What you love as a child is really very telling of what you might want to become later on. So my advice for people who don't know what to do, look at what you love as a child. And I also discovered that if you really uh, are born to do something or you really have the passion for something, nothing can stop you, not even parents who think they know better. <laughs> I don't fault my parents. They're only doing what they thought uh, was best because, you know, which parent back then, this was the 80s, which parent will actually say, I think you should not be a computer programmer and instead you should be a model. It doesn't seem very logical, right? Although now uh, people are encouraged to be happy and pursue what they want. But back then it wasn't your happiness. It was the priority. And so there, and so I became a model. I gave up a lot because I gave up a lot. I thought I better pursue this and maximize its potential. I wasn't going to model just to have an easy life or, you know, because I was lazy uh, to do other things. Uh, I really considered it as a, a good profession. I, I, in my mind, it was a very creative profession. Uh, the way I looked at, let's say, posing for a photograph wasn't 
you know, just making art there. So you'll look pretty and be in the picture. I really thought of it as a creative collaboration between photographer, makeup artist, model. And I thought everyone had uh, equal input into the creation of art. So that was my mindset. Like any little job that I did, this is art. Even if I'm like modeling in a fast food uh, in the fast food chain basement for like a mall show. For me, this is art. It's artistic expression. I was able to rationalize it. And yeah. so I became a model just like that. And I, to this day, I sometimes still can't believe that I modeled with the best of the best models ever in the history of the country. I, and even when I'm with them in a casual way, like just hanging out with friends, I'm like, I can't believe I'm friends with these beautiful women. I, up to this day, I can't believe it. And so I'm glad that I took the risk and went to that boutique looking all made up and just trying my luck. So there, answer your question. What a long answer. I love that. It's so insightful. I think it's so important that people out there really, you know, realize that um, if you want something, you have to go for it. It doesn't matter yes. what obstacle stands in your way. And you took right. risks to get there. And look at how far that risk took you. Like, you've accomplished so much just because of that one thing that you did, like, back then, right? Right, right. I so also important. want to say that when you're young, you are pretty fearless compared to when you're old. And this I say because uh, I left uh, the publishing industry after 25 years to retire and pursue other things. And, you know... The pandemic happened, but then I've, I've tried to be a content creator and I've tried to do new things. And I experienced even greater fear in my older years. And I, I wondered, where is that fearless 21-year-old girl who like gave up her, uh, her potential brilliant career in computers and just threw it all away to be a model. Where is the courage that that 21-year-old have that uh, my older self seems to have lost? And I realize when you're young, you're kind of clueless and you don't know, you don't know uh, all the obstacles that will be uh, placed in front of you. And so you got to take advantage of that blind cluelessness when you're young and just go for it. And you can just charge it to your youth later on. Don't be afraid about what people will say or what's going to happen to you. Just close your eyes and jump off the cliff and do it because you're young. Take advantage. Mm -hmm. You know how like little children are so unafraid. Like when you go to a mountain, uh, not a mountain, like a wall climbing gym, there are five-year-olds at the top of the climbing gym because they're, they're clueless about that if they fall, they might die, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the older ones are scared because they know. So that's my yeah. analogy. When you're young, try the hell out of whatever you want to do because that kind of fearlessness will never come again. So mm -hmm. there. <laughs> that's so true. And that kind of brings me back to when we first met. Um, I've, I've, I mean, I've seen you around so many other times at my Tita um, Dess's house and everything, but... The first time that I actually interacted with you was at, I think it was a PMOP, PMAP uh, workshop. Yes, you're taking photos. I was, yeah. And I remember my mom would like tell me to like introduce myself to people and you know go out there and socialize. And so I thought, okay, why not? Sure, whatever. And you were there, and so I took photos of you and I said, hi, my name is Nico Velasco, and I'm you know taking pictures. I'd love to send you them. And uh, and you, you did. Know, yeah, I did. And, you know, that's when I really started looking into who you are and what you do and just really being amazed because you've had such an amazing career. And, wow. you know, I remember I was just like, oh, my gosh, did I really just talk to her? Like I was fanboying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> wait, how old were you then? Because I oh. thought you were like a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was you only like 18 or 17 then, I think. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. You have accomplished so much for someone so young. So <laughs> thank you. Coming I from you, that means the world to me. <laughs> but you know, going back to you, I wanted to talk a little bit more about your modeling career. Um, you know, were there any memorable or what's one of the most memorable uh, memories that you've had throughout your journey? Right. 
there there are too many great memories, but uh, I think I'm proud of the fact that, well, first of all, I made very lasting friendships with the most amazing people. Uh, but also I'm proud of the fact that because I gave up so much, I said, I'll take this internationally. Now that's a bold statement for anyone to make, right? Mm -hmm. Like who, who says that? <laughs> but there have been others who went before me. Singapore then was the start off point. Like you go to Singapore and then you make your way to Hong Kong and all the other Southeast Asian countries. And eventually uh, you can go to Milan or Paris. And I didn't even consider that because I'm considered short for those markets. But I just asked uh, a friend who had gone before me, so what should I do? And she said, here's what you do. You fax your photos. Imagine, do you know what a fax is? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> you fax your photos to the agency. And now looking back, my God, how did a photo look if you faxed it, right? Must have been very poor quality. Or you send the pictures, and then if they like you, you move there, <laughs> and then that's it. Like, I moved there. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept asking, what's the next step? What's the next step? What did others do before me? This is pre-internet, so you really have no idea. Yeah. You could very well fall into the hands of the wrong people. Like, they could be criminals or whatever, but yeah. you just... Uh, ask around until you know what to do. And then I did it. And then uh, I modeled all over Asia and I uh, did runway and commercials and magazines. And there, my parents were again, not happy. They're like, you're gonna move where? <laughs> like, They thought I was just like foolish and crazy. And they're like, when are you gonna stop this foolishness? You know, our kids are now taking their master's degrees. When are you going to take your master's degree? And I was like, never. They're like, you're just going to be a model all your life. Well, I'm going to be a model for as long as I like. And they couldn't understand it. And I don't, again, I don't know where my courage came from. But I just knew maybe after years of just obeying them, I maybe I snapped. Not that they were terrible. They're amazing parents who taught me well and trained me well. And I owe them a lot. But um, I'm glad that I had that fighting spirit to push for what I want, even if I was stubborn. You know, I could very well have failed in this career, but um, I think there's no such thing as failure if you push something to the limits. And it's just varying levels of success. Like you could compare your progress with that of another person, and maybe you'll feel like insecure about being... Um, not as advanced as the next person, but there are different parameters for measuring success. And I think mm -hmm. I had a pretty successful run. So maybe I didn't achieve my goals of like landing every magazine cover did happen or um, going to Milan and Paris because, you know, it did happen. But looking back, I think I did pretty well. <laughs> so there, mm -hmm. those were my, I think it was, good memories of friendships and carefree times and um, pursuing a skill until you excel in that skill. I mean, uh, in my former job, coding skills were, were what mattered. And I think I did well. Like people would actually call me from different departments. I was in local area networks, geeky nerdy expert they would call me and say we have a problem with the local area network blah 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 and then i threw that all and then i had to master how to walk the runway or how to pivot or how to like mm -hmm. uh do a million poses so it's a different skill altogether so mm -hmm. i think if you pursue a passion and you learn the skills and you improve until you master the skills then you are a success mm -hmm. And that's so true. And you've done it not just twice, but many times in your career. And, you know, one of the things that I've always looked up to you for is your, you know, the many hats that you wear and your ability to rock all of them. Um, you know, one of my favorites was your time as an editor in chief for all the publications that you were running. Like, what was it like to run all those magazines and publications? Well, it didn't all happen at the same time. Uh, 
at the tail end of my modeling career, I was thinking, okay, uh, the expiration date is uh, <laughs> approaching because as we know, uh, with the exception of Marina Benepayo, who is modeling in her 50s, <laughs> usually a modeling mm -hmm. career kind of wanes when you don't look so young anymore, but it's changing, it's changing. Uh, but back then I thought, okay, what do I like doing? I like to write. Uh, what have I learned in the last few years? I learned about the fashion industry. I also, in Singapore, because I did a lot of magazine work, I learned how magazines were made. So this was like getting a master's degree in publishing, but hands-on. Mm -hmm. Like as the model, I could I met editors, I met photographers. I could see how they put together a magazine. And this was invaluable experience that you don't learn that in school, right? I had mm -hmm. hands-on experience. So uh, I started writing, um, oh, I remember one day I announced to everyone, I'm going to be a writer, <laughs> but I had nothing to show for it. Like I had no writing degree. I didn't go to school and take up journalism or mass communications or anything. I just spread the rumor that I could write. I just said, Hey, I'm going to be a writer. And then the rumor spread uh, so much that, uh, the owner of a uh, top boutique then called the Sari Sari store heard that I was a writer. And so they approached me and said, hey, we heard you're a writer. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, could you write our press releases? Okay. They didn't even see if I could write, right? So I'm like, wow. I, just faked, I just faked it until I made it. And so I wrote their press releases mm -hmm. and like, okay, this is a good racket, like, there was one time when they would hire me for a shoot. So I would be the model. And then they'd say, since you saw all the clothes, could you just write about them as well? Wow. I'm like, oh, okay, good package deal. So like, hey, <laughs> racket. One good of one. the things that I wrote uh, landed on the desk of the lifestyle editor of the Philippine Star. Her name is Milat Manangkil. And she said, who wrote this? I want to meet this writer. I'm like, okay, what are the chances, right? What if I never floated the rumor that I was a writer, right? So you again, you got to make things up. And so she contacted me and said, uh, okay, I want you to write about uh, what goes on backstage during a show. And so I said, okay. So I did. So I did a, a big fashion show with the Fashion Designers Association of the Philippines. So I had my little... Uh, film camera <laughs> it's a little film camera so while doing the show i was photographing the backstage so i would get changed fix my hair and makeup take pictures of everything that's going on put my camera aside walk down the runway come back <laughs> take pictures and wow. then i wrote an article called what goes on backstage in a fashion show and she liked it so much she gave me a regular gig and this uh regular gig where i wrote uh it's kind of like a Fashion Fridays article. This led to a job offer at Preview, uh, the fashion magazine, mm -hmm. which was launched in 1995. And so uh, again, without any qualifications, uh, a friend of mine who was uh, the brainchild behind it, his name's Raymond Lontok, he picked me up one day from my apartment and said, get dressed. Where are we going? You're going to be the fashion editor of a fashion magazine. I am. <laughs> so don't ask questions. Just come with me. I'm like, okay. So I went. I didn't know that it was going to be a job interview with Lisa Gokhoi, who is the head of Summit Media. And then I didn't even dress up. I was wearing like a white t-shirt and sneakers. And then she said, so you're going to be the fashion editor. I said, I guess so. And she said, okay, you're hired. No qualifications. No. <laughs> Maybe back then the, the industry was so young, they just hired out of, what, instinct? <laughs> it's not like that anymore. So I was very yeah. fortunate. I mean, it's one thing to be lucky to get those opportunities, but it's another thing to deliver. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I had to produce a magazine. I had no idea what I was doing. I just, like, ass around, figured it out. And then, okay, she thought I would be the first one to leave. She said, a model 
seriously. She's not gonna take this seriously. She's just gonna leave and abandon all of us. To her surprise, I stayed for 25 years. Wow. <laughs> just doing the work one day at a time. Preview led to Cosmo, which led to Marie Claire, which led to Spot the PH and Female Network. And before you knew it, as the oldest person there, and so <laughs> no choice. They may be the head of it all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I guess I stayed long enough and learned enough to run things. And so that's what happened. I really never thought I would stay 25 years or run various publications or had like a whole group of 100 millennials ever. I just came to work every day and I asked myself, are you happy with what you're doing right now? And if the answer was yes, I'd go to work the next day. And so one day after another turned to 25 years. And I guess that's how careers happen. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, you've done so much and there's so many great stories behind your career and everything about it. Um, and I'm so amazed at how you were, you mentioned you run like multiple publications. You've done so many things, you know, behind the scenes and you've made things happen. But I wanted to ask you, you know, what is one of the lessons that you've learned along your years as uh, one of the heads? about uh, being the head of an organization like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there are too many lessons, but I think if there's one thing that has helped me throughout my many careers, it's really to push for what you want, whether it's in the choice of career or in the kind of lifestyle you want to lead. So, and then there are many like, expectations of society. Okay, I might digress again, but it's related, I promise. So expectations like you got to be married at a certain age, you got to have children at a certain age. And to me, I was not really affected by, you know, mother's nagging or society um, putting pressure because I was just so preoccupied with what I wanted to do with my life. And so... Mm -hmm. If you just keep doing what you want and you push for what you want in your own stubborn way, whether it's a lifestyle choice or whether it's like the way you want a shoot to turn out. So first I was mm -hmm. fashion editor. Right? It was my job to get the clothes. You got to um, push for what you want. It's a team collaboration, but you got to push for what you want until everybody's happy. And mm -hmm. I just applied it, whether I was a fashion editor or the copy editor, I'd push for what I want in, let's say, correcting somebody's writing to present the article better. I'd push for what I want, even if some people might consider me so makulet or, you know, such a nag, she's such a pain, she has to push for what she wants. I'm not saying... Uh, alienate everyone because it's again it's a team effort but if you believe in what you are fighting for whether it's the quality of work or your own personal choices you got to push for what you want and that's how you'll succeed that's how you'll be happy when you're satisfied with the outcome of your efforts that's so true and i love that you pointed that out because it really is important to make sure that you really go at all um all that you can so that you make sure that you do get your end goal because you've worked so hard yeah, to get exactly. to where you are, right? Exactly. So really think about what you want and go for it, you know? Right. And of course you, have to pick, you have to pick your battles eventually. Yeah. And as you grow older, you learn like, is this worth, you know, killing myself over <laughs> or maybe I can let this one go. And then mm -hmm. in the end it's a compromise, but yeah, yeah be, a, be a stubborn biatch. <laughs> 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 That's so true. That's so important. I mean, I think that can take anyone far in life. And it's really, really vital, a, a good thing to have in mind when you're going about life because you right. know, you're here. Because you will be met with a lot of, na -na 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 -na, mm -hmm. and you have to filter them out. Like you have to be so focused on your end goal that it's mm -hmm. just noise. So yeah. I still get, I, to this day, I still get a lot of like, comments or dms from young women who are so affected by expectations of society or like nagging titas and moms about their life choices 
forcing them to get married and have children when they're not ready, they want to pursue their career. And I'm amazed that it's still the mindset up to now. I guess we're really um, in such a conservative culture that this is still going on. And I feel betrayed because the moms of these women are moms my age. And I'm like, did nothing change in our in the evolution of our <laughs> of our attitudes towards mm -hmm. you know feminism and humanity in general? Why are they still pushing that old backward agenda? Sorry, <laughs> ranting already. But but no. yeah, you have to filter out the noise and push mm -hmm. for what you want and don't bow to the pressure of what others want for you because ultimately it's your own life. Yes, so true, so true, and. You know, in another aspect of your work, you are a motivational speaker and you're the host of TikTok and Ask Miss Mirrors. So I wanted to ask you, you know, I'm a huge fan of both. I watched um, a lot. I, some of my favorites were of uh, Tita Joey, Mead King. I love that episode. Oh, wow. Um, the one with Wilma Doesn't and Nikita um, and all those, Mark McDowell. I loved all the episodes because they're so insightful. But can you tell us a little about how uh, you started out in the shows and what you do. Wow. I can't believe you endured all those episodes <laughs> with technical problems, <laughs> losing the signal and everything. I'm so flattered. But but yeah, it was, I never in a million years thought I could do it. I always wanted to host my own show. And I had like a brief guesting stint in a show on CNN called Real Talk. I I substituted for Rachel Alejandro for 10 episodes. And then after that, I thought, oh boy, I really wish I could be a host, but I didn't really know how to go about it. And I wasn't trained properly for it. I mean, people I admire like Issa Litton or Christine mm -hmm. Jacob, they've been doing it for over 20 years and they're so good at it. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, how can I be a newbie at my age with no experience and how dare I, again, tell the world that I'm a talk show host. And just as I invented uh, that I was gonna be a model or I was gonna be a writer, I guess this is like the third uh, incarnation of that stubborn <laughs> will to, you know, if you declare it, it might happen. And so, yeah, so I just said, okay, since it's a pandemic and everyone's putting up their own, like technology allowed for things, uh, for, for people to become their hosts of their own programs. I mean, you didn't have to wait for anyone to hire you like a TV station or whatever. I said, okay, it's doable. All I need to do is learn the damn Zoom and StreamYard and, mm -hmm. you know, and I was very technophobic because I thought I'll never be able to learn this, but I learned it. And there now uh, we stream, I say we, but I'm a one person show. So I stream on Facebook, Kumu and YouTube. And soon uh, I'm gonna launch a podcast on Podcast Network Asia. So I guess you just take, you just put one foot in front of the other. And then before you know it, it'll be a thing. So TikTok, I started with TikTok because I wanted to uh, interview friends in the industry, which is how I started. I started with uh, my close friends, Tweety De Leon, Apples Abrin, uh, and Bea Recto. So we just did like a little chit chat and it became an episode. And then I have young model friends, also the likes of Julian Kulias and Hannah mm -hmm. Loxin and Luyana. So they became another episode. And then after models, I graduated to show directors and then photographers. I just milked like my whole address book <laughs> and said, okay, who else can I interview? And then I branched out into show business and then music. And, you know, it also takes a lot of, um, what's the translation for kapal, gall, <laughs> to, to approach, like I have approached a lot of huge big stars, uh, some that I met in my course, in the course of my being an editor for Cosmo. Some have replied, some have not. And it's a blow to the ego when they don't reply, right? Like I'm thinking, okay, they have 12 million followers. 
they're probably looking at my following saying, why should I waste my time on, on that show? Maybe they have other things to do. But uh, every time I attempt to reach out to someone that I want to guest, it's like a scary thing all over again, right? Because rejection is not uh, easy. It's very painful. And even... After I've been rejected a million times as a model, a million times as a writer, as an editor, it never goes away. So there, yeah, I still feel rejection, but one foot in front of the other, and before you know it, it'll be a thing. And so now I have these shows. I'm even too shy to even say I have these shows because I guess they're out there and they have a small following, but yeah. I don't know when I'll be confident and proud to say. Maybe when the money starts rolling in, but <laughs> right now, I have a show. You have a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, um, I totally understand what you say when you reach out to people and you, yeah. you know, you face rejection or you, you're you're scared because you don't know how it's going to turn out. That's exactly yeah. how I felt when I reached out to you because oh my I was gosh. like, <laughs> yeah, I was like. Um, you know, I've looked up to her for so long and you've been on my list for the longest time. Like ever since oh I started, this, you were always on the list. So I was like, oh, wow. I need to do it, I need to do it. And then the moment, me, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, I appreciate you for that. And I'm so grateful that you're here. And yeah, guys do check out her shows. You know, I've seen your Kumu shows too. Um, I watched the one with uh, my Tita Kimmy, Lou. So she was oh, there. Oh, all right, yeah. yeah. And you know, there's so many great, so much great content. So do check her out on Facebook, right? Facebook, YouTube, Kumu, and soon uh, Podcast Network Asia. Amazing. Oh, one one such um, brave move that I made that I'm proud of is I don't know if you know John John Briones. He plays the evil doctor in that um, Netflix show Ratchet. Oh, okay. He's a Filipino actor who played the engineer in Miss Saigon for a long time. Yeah. So he's an international star. And I said, oh my God, I'd really love to have him on my show. How am I gonna do this? So I looked for a connection and we have a common friend. And I went through that common friend and I just dared. And I got the interview. Wow. <laughs> I had to go through the agent and present my stuff to the agent and convince him that it was worth it. And mm -hmm. I got the interview and I was so you really, uh, I just interviewed somebody today in my show, Ask Miss Mears, and she said, the world belongs to the brave. And so I think that encapsulates everything. The world belongs to the brave. And if you don't force yourself to be brave, you will be denied many experiences in the world. So we just have to keep on being brave. <laughs> That's so true. And I really admire you for your bravery because throughout your career and all the different fields that you've worked in and the different hats that you've worn, bravery and confidence is definitely something that you've kept with you, you know, and your values and you've continuously um, used it to your advantage. And it's just so amazing to see how far it's taken you. Um, and, you know, I wanted to ask you too, because you have another hat that you wear as a writer. Um, you know, you're not writing just one book, but you're writing two. <laughs> So how are those uh, that's another thing that I announced in order for it to materialize, even if there's nothing yet. <laughs> in my mind, <laughs> first I started with the first book in my mind, okay, called Join Lang Nang Join, which was, uh, okay, is supposed to be a self-help manual for young women to navigate through life using the motto, Join Lang Nang Join, which I learned in the fashion industry, which was uttered by uh, my gay elders. <laughs> it was kind of a philosophy, like, if there's an opportunity, join Lang Nang Join. Don't overthink it. You never know what you might lose. Join Lang Nang Join. Join a contest. Join an audition for a commercial. Even if you think you're not worthy or you can't do it, don't overthink it. Just go. Join Lang Nang Join, which I want to be the motto because it has served me so well i'd like other filipinas to follow that motto because i think uh, a lot of young pinais are crippled by fear and crippled by overthinking and crippled by what ifs or what will people say and i 
wanted to write a book to encourage them and motivate them to just face their fears. Um, as of now, it's still just an outline. And um, I don't know why I feel like I can't seem to start it. And then after uh, around, maybe now I have 75 episodes of my talk show. Now I realize why, because I was still creating the content that would be in the book. And now when I look back at everything I learned from all these episodes from the experts and the celebrities and all the people who can inspire others, I'm like, that's the content. I just need to transcribe like the key points and that will comprise the book. <laughs> so never beat yourself up if you have slow progress. There's a reason, something is happening. <laughs> but I didn't that's realize amazing. it until I had a lot. And then I'm like, okay, now I tackled so many topics that I could actually plug these into the outline and then I'll have the body of the book. So that's that. And the other book that I'm working on is uh, fiction, a collection of short stories um, that have materialized because I dare join a writing class uh, in two, maybe, well, over, almost two decades ago, I tried to get a master's degree in creative writing. And uh, I didn't last very long because I had so much work and I couldn't keep it up. But this resulted in about three short stories. So I always felt bad that I uh, neglected my fiction writing. And now that I'm retired, I thought I better go back to school. And so... I signed up for an online class, which is forcing me to write short stories. So now I have maybe half of the book. So I have about eight short stories. I think I need eight or nine more in order to make a collection. So I'm hoping that by the end of the year, I will have a collection. And again, I'm just throwing it out there to the universe, hoping it will materialize. So I... I guess these days it is what you call manifesting. There's a term mm -hmm. for it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's what I've been doing all along. You announce something and maybe it will come true if you do the work. So don't be afraid. You can always change your mind and say, I changed my mind. I don't want to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. And you know, the whole concept behind right, like finding the content for your, your first book that you mentioned, that's actually something that I was considering for mine. From my from yeah. this podcast, I would be grabbing the content and kind of turning it into something like a book. So right. that's awesome. Right. And there's so many transcription apps now. Mm -hmm. So you just need to give the link and then the text will come. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so so cool. imagine if I wrote my book before this was invented, I would have to like manually write down everything. everything yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. I'm so happy that you share that. And I know that with your drive and your determination, you know, and anything that you do, this will happen. And I'm so excited to see the final outcome of both because it will be awesome. Oh, wow. Thanks for your confidence. Sometimes I don't have confidence in myself. I think I have ADHD, which is undiagnosed. So I tend to be very scatterbrained about things. And so I'm actually amazed when something materializes out, out of my very scattered brain. <laughs> so guys, just keep doing it and something mm -hmm. will come out of it. <laughs> so true. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned that you feel like you lack confidence, but you know, in all that you've shared, I believe that confidence plays a major role in how you were able to get the job done. Um, you know, how, what is, can you tell us what confidence is to you? Uh, I think confidence is the combination of doing the work, well, well first, Determining what you want, whether it's a life goal or a milestone or an, a piece of output, determine what you want to do, decide that you want to do it, break it down into steps and find out what you need to do to make it happen. And then the last thing is to just believe in yourself blindly, but try to base it on past achievements or past um, proof that you can do things. And then when you combine all of that, 
you can fake your confidence until it becomes real. <laughs> so what people see as confidence is actually a series of steps that lead up to, um, I guess, being empowered enough to rely on past success to embolden you to take a step further. So there. And again, when you're young, you have nothing to show for anything. And so you're just blindly confident. So I really suggest to everyone who is young, my gosh, take advantage. Mm -hmm. Pretend you're like the little toddler who's not scared of falling down. What do they know, right? They, know, they don't know that they could fall down the stairs and crack their skull and die. So take advantage of that ignorance yeah. and channel it towards bravery. <laughs> That's amazing. And, you know, as much as we'd like to believe that once you have confidence, it stays, you know, throughout whatever it is that you're doing. I think it's uh -huh. reality that, you know, that's not the that's not the reality of everything. So did you ever struggle with confidence? And if so, I'm how did still you struggling? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still struggling. Every new thing that I try, I struggle. And um, even if I have streamed over 75 episodes, believe it or not, I still struggle. And I've found out that even the most successful people, no matter how successful or famous they are, they still struggle with it. Like, even if they've conquered the world and they're acclaimed, you know, they still struggle with it. So I guess it's part of being human. Um, of course, experience gives you confidence. So try and hone your skills with experience until you become very confident. Like to put the analogy in modeling, right? Uh, when, when I didn't know how to... Uh, walk the runway, of course you're terrified, right? But in time, with every show that you um, walk the runway for and every year of experience, you become more confident. So you gain confidence by doing, by experiencing. But first you have to take the first step. And if you don't take the first step, there will be no experience. So there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, take the first step, guys, because you don't know how far it'll take you. Right. Like, there's no... There's no you really never know. Yeah, it, it could take you so far in life. And like Mirza here shared, you know, this whole interview, you've seen how far it's taken her just taking that first step, you know, confidence, believing in herself, and how far, like, it's just amazing. I have no words to see, you know, just <laughs> see how far it's taken you. And, you know, um, I wanted to ask you do you have a motto that you live by? And if so, what is it? It's still join lang nang join, which is <laughs> the title of my book. I think uh, maybe the subtitle could be you never really know. Like join lang nang join, you never really know. Mm -hmm. And if you don't join or take the first step, who knows what outcome will happen, right? So you gotta you gotta take the first step and don't overthink it. Just try, try new things. Try the next new thing, and join lang lang join. <laughs> I love that, and you know, it's so important just to go for it. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be people that you know don't agree with you or that you know, have other things to say about your work or your craft. But I always say that if you feel it in your heart and in your gut and in your soul that you right. should be doing something, then that's a sign that you should just do it. Like don't right. the other people. Of course, maybe take into consideration their perspectives and their pointers and tips because, you know, it might be for your improvement, but right. ultimately follow your gut and just go with it because right. um, life, that's what life's all about, right? Right. And, you know, not everyone will succeed, but then again, success is relative. Um, and maybe people will laugh and maybe you'll fall flat on your face. But then um, there's a Filipino saying called wala namang mawawala. And I think, anong mawawala? If you fall flat on your face, so what? People will forget it. Maybe there'll be a viral video, but <laughs> tomorrow is another day. There's some new other viral video. Or if you say the wrong thing to someone or you flub in your lines. It's just laway, right? 
who cares? Just get up, do the thing again until you do better. Mm -hmm. There. Exactly. But it's so important to make mistakes because those mistakes yeah. help us grow into the person that we're always meant to yeah. be. So don't be afraid yeah. of that, guys, because that is right. extremely important in any journey, in any walk of life. Right. Right. I'm sure, I mean, I've made so many mistakes and I'm still making mistakes to this day, but I choose to believe that these are opportunities for growth, right? And right. from that growth, we can continuously um, strive for better and learn from those right. mistakes. And make, them not, make sure that they don't happen again, or if they do happen, it's less, right? Right. And we have to be comfortable with making mistakes and failing. I read somewhere that there is, uh, there's a like a famous person, I don't remember who, but she said that in her family when they were young, every night at the dinner table, they were encouraged to talk about how they failed that day to wow. make them comfortable with the feeling of failing. So they would say, okay, what mistakes did you uh, commit today and how did you fail today? And every kid would talk about their failures just to get it out uh, off their chest and so that they would see, okay, what did you learn from your mistake and how will you do better tomorrow? Because we're so afraid of making mistakes because we are not taught to deal with it and face it and confront it. So that's a good exercise to talk about how you failed at a young age. I love and that. And cher cherish so the failures as well as the successes because it's the failures that will make you better. That's so true. And I love that you pointed that out because it's so normal to think of failure as something that we've done bad and right. there's a, that's the end or, you know, right. but it's not, the end. it's just room for improvement. It's just pointing out, right. highlighting it, and, you know, that's where you can work from. So, right. yeah, that's and I wanted to ask you, um, you know, with everything going on in your life, what inspires you to keep pushing? Huh. Um, I think, the pandemic has shown us more than ever that life is short and you know our facebook feeds are like cemeteries now people are dying left and right but before that even um about four years ago i lost my best friend he died uh at the age of 48 and i realized it's like a slap in the face like oh my god I could really die tomorrow because he died at that age. So I've since then, I've been living each day, trying to at least as if it were my last and just trying to be in the moment, trying to cherish every memory, trying to see, okay, what can I do that can make me happy? You know, trying not to pass up chances. Of course, there are days when you're so catatonic, you just want to lie on the couch. And those are important days too, because you're um, giving yourself the freedom to rest or you're giving yourself a break. But just knowing that life is short and uh, if there are many things that you still want to do in life, we have very little time actually. So we have to get started. Not to put undue pressure on yourself or to pressure yourself needlessly because you'll feel like a failure if you don't. Just think of all the things that would be nice to achieve, like not like I'll be a failure if I don't achieve these things, but it would enrich your life if you did achieve them. Think of them as wouldn't it be nice if rather than I must do this or else. And then when you see that life is short, you really have very little time to achieve everything you want. And so that's, I guess, my guiding principle. That's so true. And, you know, this time, especially with the pandemic and us staying home all the time, you know, it just opens up so many opportunities to do what, you know, we usually don't yeah. get to. Life is so fast paced. Right. Right. I would have never thought to start a podcast. And I'm, you know, there's so many things that I've done in this pandemic period that I never thought I would do. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just, there's so many opportunities. It's just a matter of grabbing them and right. really running with it. And you have achieved I, so much at such a young age. I, I really thought you were like way older than you are. So I'm shocked you. that are you still in school? I yeah, I'm on my last year of college right now, actually. I, I was shocked actually to learn that because I thought that you were the age of the other models there. Because maybe you oh. act so mature. Yeah. So I'm like, oh 
can he still be in college when the talk I gave was so many years ago? So I guess you were still in high school. I was in high school then, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You really act more mature than you are. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm shocked that your mom has so many children. Yeah. <laughs> I saw your family picture. I'm like, what? We're sick. Yeah. <laughs> We're a Brady bunch. Oh my goodness. Yeah, your mom but, is really amazing too. Yeah. <laughs> it amazed me too to this day. But yeah, same way that you do and that everyone that I know do, does. And it's just so amazing to see, you know, people who have a vision and have a goal in life and really will take all the steps necessary and take on all the challenges and really just do everything that they can to make that a reality. And I believe that that's what you've done, you know, in so many different aspects and so many different areas of your life. And it really is amazing and it inspires me and so many people. Um, and, you know, my last question for you is, you know, the show is called The Brilliant Project, the podcast. Um, Brilliant is actually a French word that directly translates to shine. So right. I wanted to ask you, how do you let your light shine bright? Wow. Um, is it shining bright? <laughs> it's not intentional if it is. I think it just comes out of the desire to help people. Uh, I think that my purpose is to help young Filipinas navigate through life and help reassure them that things can be done. They can live their lives the way they want to live it. Uh, and if they do the work and if they try and filter out the noise and if they just focus and take advantage of opportunities, then they can achieve whatever they want. So um, I think because I know my purpose and I know that I want to help, maybe I am able to light the path for the others who are still in the dark because I found the light. <laughs> That's amazing. And that's part of the reason why I admire you so much is because, you know, you have so many uh, success, so much success and so many great stories to tell, but you share them not to brag or not to be prideful, but because you want to help others and showing them that they can achieve it too, if they take the, the steps necessary and, you know, really strive for it. So right. hats off to you because that Thank is amazing. <laughs> oh, Witness. one thing that I, I think maybe I forgot to mention. Um, if you have an ego, just drop it. It's really not helpful. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just come from a position of helping others and achieving what you want by helping others. And having an ego really doesn't help. And it just complicates things and makes things harder for you. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. Coming from you and your position and your success and everything. I mean, in the industry, there's so many, there's so much ego, right? It's like a, it's like an ego competition sometimes, but right. I love that you mentioned that it really doesn't do anyone any good except for, right. I mean, it doesn't do and anyone I think, good. I think the ego comes from a place of lack, like it's yeah. overcompensating. So if they have a big ego, it's actually stemming from maybe insecurity. So if you work on yourself and you know you're okay, then you won't have an ego, I think. Mm -hmm. So work on yourself and be secure in your own abilities so you don't have to overcompensate. So true. I love that. And, you know, before <laughs> we wrap up, um, can you let us know where people can find you and connect and watch your shows and yes. everything? Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Kumu Podcast Network Asia, and it's all the same for all. Mirza Season, that's M Y R Z A S I S O N, and Mirza.com, my website. Yes, yeah, amazing. Um, do check her out, guys. There's so much quality content, great stories, lessons to be learned, and everything. So, you know, I would highly recommend that you go check it out right after this podcast, right after this, you've done this. <laughs> Inspired. Great. So thank you so much, Mirza, for hopping you. on the show and your words of wisdom. I hope that everyone so can take what you've shared and apply it in their lives because, you know, taking risks, um, you know, building up your confidence and just going for whatever it is that you want in life, that can take you so far, right? And you're pure evidence of that. So thank you. 
Thank you. You're such a great host. So proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Now, to everyone out there listening, stay up to date with upcoming episodes by following The Brillier Project on Instagram and Facebook at T-H-E-B-R-I-L-L-E-R Project. And don't forget to like and follow us here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, I'm your host, Nico Velasco. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to let your light shine bright.